What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. It's your boy, ex-NFLer turned yogi, Eben Britton. It's excellent to be with you on this magnificent day. I hope this finds you standing in your truth, living in your highest greatness. The world needs you. Today's episode of the Ebb and Flow podcast is a fun one. It's a deep dive with my brother, Augustus Britton. Trouble in paradise. How is it that we find ourselves, in particular here in the Western world, in America, with all the material delights, the pleasures, the comforts that we could have ever possibly wanted, desired, felt we needed, and yet we are completely discontent in a constant state of seeking? The grass is always greener, as they say. And this conversation we explore the ins and outs the physical spiritual mental emotional dimensions of this issue it's a fun one before i send you off to enjoy this great conversation i am very excited to announce my new partnership with my good friends at bioptimizers bioptimizers are purveyors of state-of-the-art health and wellness supplements. Now, as you probably already know, total health and well-being is of the utmost importance, in my view, of getting to live in your highest greatness. You've got to clear away all the junk, the junk, the gunk, the garbage that is inhibiting you from tapping into the source of yourself, that vibration emanating from the seed of yourself. That is your divine gift, your divine purpose here on this planet, in this body, in this lifetime. And there are ways to do that. Optimizing your physical health is the fundamental portion of that journey. So these guys, they do the products better than anyone I've come across. When it comes to optimizing your sleep, there is nothing better than their product, Magnesium Breakthrough. Guys, if you're going to be healthy, if you're going to have a strong immune system, if you're going to recover the way you want to, you got to get good sleep. You probably know you need at least seven hours of good quality deep sleep every night. That can be difficult. I know I've always struggled with sleeping through the night. I still do to this day. But this product has done wonders. I wake up feeling rested, recovered, energized, rejuvenated. How often can you say that about a good night's sleep? Magnesium, I've used it for a long time. This product, the Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, is the best I've come across. And the reason is they've combined... Seven unique forms of magnesium. So this is a full spectrum product that really gives you the potency necessary to experience the full calming and sleep enhancing effects that magnesium can provide. All you do is you take two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be blown away at how much better your sleep is. Good news is, You can click the link in the show notes, magbreakthrough.com forward slash ebb and flow. Use code ebb and flow 10 at checkout to save 10% on your next order. Try it. 
I can't recommend it enough. These guys are the best in the business when it comes to optimizing your health and well-being. There's a reason they're called bioptimizers. All right, y'all. Lots of love to you guys. Have an excellent rest of your day. I'll see y'all on the flip side. Enjoy. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination. Your admission. Access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux. Only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come. Testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. All right, y'all. We are rolling. I'm sitting here looking at this. Who's that? Shiva? Uh, Saraswati. Saraswati. What's up, folks? It's excellent to be here. Be here now with you. It's sort of interdimensional, this experience, because I'm recording this podcast here. It's Tuesday evening, and you will be listening to this podcast Wednesday morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it might be, whatever day it is that you decide to tune in. Different different places, too. Different places all around the world. Shout out to our friends in the UK. Yeah. We are with y'all. Yeah, you got a lot of good friends in the UK, huh? Yeah, the UK, Australia, New Zealand. Shout out, y'all. Hey, all my Californians. Exciting times, man. We got the we verified the signatures. We're recalling Governor Newsom. That'll be a that'll be a hoot. Exciting times. The people will rise. I believe it. There's no doubt about it. You can't buy your way out of karma. The laws of cause and effect. No one is immune to that. The law of cause and effect. The principle of cause and effect. It's one of the seven principles of hermetic alchemy. So, here we are, Gus. It's excellent to be with you. It's good to be here. My yogic brother. Thank you. What do you think we were doing in another life? This. Maybe you were my father, <laughs> I was your daughter. Like, who knows? Like, what? what do you, you know, think? I haven't, I haven't done... Uh, you haven't... That's, that's in the landscape for me, my past life regression. I was going to get a past life regression with this Indian gentleman... But he left right mm. before I was going to get it. Where'd he enough. go? He went back to India. Uh. But uh, that's on my that's on my radar. I want to get because I don't you you know you've talked about like you had the Egyptian prince calling. You have you know you have I feel like you have some past life callings. 
I don't particularly know what I was. Interesting. I don't really like nothing really intuitively is like, oh yeah, that that's I was that. Interesting. Like I don't like I'm trying to think like was I a Viking? I, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Tune in. Well, I'm pretty tuned in. No, but I know. I, I just but, haven't really. But that's like a for, different for thing. For some reason, though. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think I'm tuned in, but I don't no, know. No, you are. I don't know. Whatever <laughs> For whatever reason, that hasn't really. What I was, I don't know. Tap in, juice in. Um, Yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's always just been really fascinating to me. I don't, you know, isn't it interesting? It's interesting what you're interested in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to follow that. You got to follow that line. Yeah. But here's what I will say. The past life stuff is interesting to a point Mm -hmm. to give some context, but the pitfalls of past life understandings um, reveal themselves when you go, when someone goes, Eb, you were an Egyptian priest in a past life. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh yeah, yeah, I was. So now I'm walking around going, motherfucker, I was an Egyptian priest in a past life. Yeah. Like holding could, that like that's some sort of yeah. But you could be a bum. Oh, now. I know, I know. No, exactly. <laughs> but uh, or I've had you know a couple of psychics go, Eben, you were you were a king, you right. You know, you did. You were a fucking warrior, and I'm like, okay, cool. But but you were probably a beggar at some point. I mean, you oh know, yeah. So it's like I where, think I was a slave. I think that I coin? was gladiator. I think I was a native, a native American. Right. I think I was one of the Comanches. I think I was a Comanche warrior in a past life. Interesting, but not only what you said. It's not only interesting what you uh, find interesting, but it's also interesting what you believe in. Mm. Like for some reason, on this note, I think the reason I was I didn't gravitate toward. And I'm totally in a different spiritual space than uh, than you know I came out into this shoot with I believe like a different kind of awareness. But I never really believed in the past life. Not even that I didn't really believe it because I don't I don't know if I want to say that. But like just getting more and more in tune. Because if you believe in karma, you believe in past lives. I, I think they kind of go hand in hand. So the more I've been getting into karma and what that represents, uh. I'm getting more in tune with the possibilities of past lives. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. This must be just like living, living in, in paradise. God, dude. <laughs> Cue the David Lee Roth. If I could do one song on a stage, <laughs> Madison Square Garden. That's what it would be. 90,000. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, there's shit. so many different songs I you know. would do. But that would be just... Holy shit. It's um, such a silly song, but it's just like... Uh, that's amazing. So it's the title of so this pod... So much good energy. Give him the title, dude. Trouble in Paradise. Trouble in Paradise, bro. You texted it to me. I'm always getting weird meditations, then I just hit you with it. I love it. I love that, bro. That's perfect. Yeah. Um. So just to give y'all listeners a little 
background update on what's going on. I'm in the midst of bringing on a back-end audio and video production assistance. This is a team who's going to help me um, clean up the episodes, get them out there quicker, etc. Do some editing, cutting, cut clips, all that good stuff. Um, I've got a lot going on right now and it, it would be, it's just super helpful to bring these guys on. I'm really stoked about it. Great dudes. So I'm in the midst of transferring files over to them. So while I'm doing that, I'm going to keep putting out, you know, obviously Gus and I will keep doing podcasts together, obviously, but this is a. I've got a few interviews in the can that I'm stoked to get out to you guys, but but it's a lifesaver when Gus comes through with the with the show topics because honestly I, I'm up to my neck right now in in book editing for the Ebb and Flow Basic Tools to Transform Your Life, which I'm super stoked about. I'm working on getting this finalized. Uh, the these last round of edits finalized by May 1, which is this Saturday. And it's taken up a lot of my time. And podcasting, folks, if you don't know, is a fucking full-time gig. That being said, also, you can get, before I forget, and this is always available to you, but if you're looking for more podcast content, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash EDS Britain. Follow me there. Every week I'm uploading an exclusive patron-only episode of The Ebb and Flow, which can really be anything. It's a guided meditation. It's a deep dive into a topic. Uh, lately I've been offering glimpses of chapters in my new book. Um, so all kinds of good stuff. Also, there's all kinds of great content there, more guided meditations, uh, exercise flows, yoga routines, nutrition, just my wild and radical thoughts put into a place for the soul tribe that I'm gathering here in this lifetime. So check that out. So Gus, what Trouble. is that? What is that? Is that all your housekeeping? Is that all your housekeeping stuff? Yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd throw that out there while oh, I was okay. on top of mind. Um, I like to keep these guys in the flow, dude. Yeah, but you do that before the pod, though, don't you? Or do you do it sometimes? Do it, I don't you know, do dude. It in pod, sometimes okay. my intros. I've heard. I've had people tell me the intros are too long. They're putting people to sleep. The fucking. Oh. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um. So, I just thought I'd throw it in there. Trouble in Paradise. Now, you, we were talking pre-pod, doing the download, and I was really interested in your thoughts and this sort of spiritual conundrum that we find ourselves in, in the Western world, in the first world, America in particular. So-called first world. So-called first world. 
Well, what does that mean? I mean, that just means what? We have infrastructure and running water. I mean, and... that's, that's, that's sort of part of it to me. The third world actually sounds more interesting now. <sighs> Being in the trees sounds interesting. We might the, be there soon. The so-called third world sounds kind of amazing. We might be back there soon. Um, but I had some other thoughts. My So I'll tell you... I think this is a good place to start because this is kind of, in my mind, the physical plane, material plane manifestation of trouble in paradise perfectly. So we went to Tucson last weekend, had a great trip, it was alumni weekend. On the drive home on Sunday, my wife and I were listening to this podcast get the name of it it's like even the rich or something and this was a deep dive into this jerry falwell jr scandal now jerry falwell jr is the son of the iconic evangelical preacher jerry falwell senior who was i mean this guy was super influential he was one of the first ministers to be on television. He was very influential politically. He started a school called Liberty University, which I actually played with football with some dudes who went to Liberty University. Huh. It's in Virginia. Um, you played in the NFL with them? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. My dude, Rashad Jennings, shout out Rashad. He went to Liberty. Is it like a D1 football school? I'm not excited. Maybe it's like Rashad, D2. Didn't Rashad D2? go to Arizona? No, Rashad went to Liberty. The running back at Jacks. No, I know, I know. I thought, so some guys got drafted out of Liberty. It's that, oh, yeah. it's that big of a school? Yeah, and I think even this year they had like a really good team. Interesting. When did so, he found it? The 70s? 60s or 70s, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, really interesting. Um, and he looked at it. He wanted to create the foremost Christian university on the planet. Uh-huh. And he, he's done that. I mean... Yeah. Uh, Jerry Fowell, also very controversial uh, throughout his life. He, you know, all sorts. You can look that up. I'm not really interested in that. But Jerry Falwell Jr. <laughs> had a really, really tripped out scandal that started back in 2018 or 19. Which is what the podcast was about. Which is what this podcast was really a deep dive on. Which was basically that this pool boy from the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami. He was actually like a pool... Uh, manager like poolside manager like he'd bring people drinks and towels and all that stuff cabana boy yeah he was a cabana boy uh and this guy he got approached by this beautiful middle-aged woman one day at work and she said hey you want to come meet me later and he was like uh sure i mean she's hot like this chick is clearly down to fuck like okay goes through the thing exchanges numbers before he leaves she goes hey one more thing my husband will be there and he likes to watch uh-huh so the guy's like uh 
Okay. <laughs> so interesting. He goes later on that day. He goes to this woman's hotel, meets her at the bar. She's like really nervous. They have a drink. Go upstairs to the room. In the room, on the bed, naked, is her husband, who's Jerry Falwell Jr. This guy has no idea who they are at this stage, right. but he ends up screwing this woman in front of Jerry. And this this relationship, this menage a trois, weird voyeur thing goes goes on for seven years before this guy decides to come out about it, which is also also very conveniently positioned around the same time that Donald Trump is in the midst of his presidency and Jerry Falwell Jr. has proclaimed his, you know, allegiance to Trump and then all of this stuff starts to come out. And the mainstream news loves it, of course, because it's, you know, let's, let's, you know, throw another wrench at the Trump name, whatever. Well, CNN loves it, probably, right? So, yeah, so I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm not really into that. Like, I would never be down to watch another dude just screw my woman. <laughs> in front of me just like fucker my my brains out in front of me right but like you know i've kind of crossed over into this place where i'm like yeah i have no judgment about that if that's your thing okay cool like that's not really my deal i have no interest in that i don't really get what you would find interesting about that but hey that's your thing great do it enjoy yourself this is your life to live right but why it why it was so problematic is that Jerry Falwell Jr when his father passed away he became the president of Liberty University right and throughout his life Jerry Falwell senior was like a very highly respected well-to-do humble treated everyone like in a really profound way other than believing he you know he was kind of he was against uh you know, allowing whites and blacks to be in school together. So he was kind of pro segregationist. Was Liberty segregated? Um, no. Originally, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's got a lot of black students. Well, yeah, of course, Rashad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Rashad, I mean, but... uh, so but other than the his segregationist ideals, like a lot of people had a lot of you know really nice things to say about him. Not so much about Jerry Falwell Jr., who everyone said was kind of like entitled and a little weird and shy and didn't speak much. But later on in his life, he really took on this role of being a very successful businessman. He made a lot of moves for the school, for the the family, um, purchasing real estate, and a lot of really big time business moves that made the family and the school a lot of money. So when his father passed away, he took over as president of the university. Now, Liberty University, as a Christian school, it's not, it's got, you know, as you would imagine, they have a code of ethics that's very specific. They call Mm -hmm. it the Liberty Way. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the Liberty Way, it says students aren't allowed to drink, they're not allowed to do drugs, they're not allowed to have sex, they're not allowed to wear uh, revealing clothing. 
uh-huh. on and on, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so this sex scandal that Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife were involved in only really became problematic because of this 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 pretext or this the fundamentals of what they were supposed to represent said right so that when you said trouble in paradise i was like oh shit yeah that's totally in line with that and this thing of you know we create the chaos in paradise Uh we find ourselves in paradise and and we are the we are the makers of our own destiny you know if they were i i suppose it would still the sex scandal still would have been a big deal had it been i don't know the president of stanford or the president of harvard or some other school or whatever it was i suppose well I because mean, we live in this sort of puritanical this really bizarre on the surface we're really puritanical but underneath we're all these fucking like lust-filled heathens well we're repressed right i mean i just i mean this is kind of taking it this is um this is kind of taking this conversation in a different direction but i'm sure we'll we'll get we'll get around to whatever we need to get around to but I mean, it's funny you bring this up because I read this Osho book recently called From Sex to Super Consciousness. It's kind of his most famous book. Like, it's hard to find. I bought it on eBay. I love the cut. It's kind of like a collector's item. But the whole, which is sort of beside the point. But the book is, he really discusses the repression that we live in in our world. Mm. How... Which is so, it's such an interesting irony we're living in now where it's like, and Osho, he was giving these talks in like the 70s and he got, he got a lot of heat for talking about sex so openly. I mean, he was like labeled the sex guru, like the sex liberation guru. Mm. You know, of course, people had to label him with whatever they could. But, of course, you know, we live in this culture where... Well, it's funny because you say on the surface we look what did you say? What was the puritanical. Okay. Yeah, but on the surface you could say we also look in like totally deviant. I mean, if you look at our culture, if you look at music, if you look at films, I mean, if you look at the way people dress, marketing. I mean, dude, you're you're on a bike path, people are wearing skin tight skin let, let's get an anatomical here skin tight clothing where your genitals are literally out totally in full full force highlight it so but this is but this is a symptom of not treat not honoring sex mm. so back to what you said in the beginning which is where it's supposed to be where you said i don't care what you do Right. If, if that's your, but see the problem is they're coming from a paradigm where sex is sin right and then the culture is coming from a paradigm where sex is not okay even though we have this sort of delusional idea that we're okay with sex mm. 
See what Osho, what was really interesting that he comes around to in the book, he's talking about, he kind of talks about this like true celibacy where you're not denying sex. You're honoring sex to the fullest. And he talks about how few people are really having conscious sex, Mm. having conscious sexual experiences and honoring sex, which is a really tantric. You know, he talks about these temples in India where some of them are covered in sexual imagery. Like the statues are all in the midst of coitus. And he, and, and, and he says at a certain point, like politicians wanted to cover up the statues or cover up the temples, like concrete over it. But he was like, they didn't understand that these people were coming from a tantric sensibility that was open to the sexual experience and that was liberated. Hmm. So maybe how this how this relates to the trouble in paradise deal is that like we think we have it all but we haven't really consciously experienced it all What are you what are you trying to get at with bringing this story into the trouble in paradise thing Well you've got this on the surface this paradise Liberty University, this, this evangelical, evangelically rooted family, the Falwells, and yeah, but Eb, that would never work, though, dude. I know, I know, Gus. Here, but just stay with me. Dude. I'm, I'm stay hearing with you. Me. I'm hearing stay you. Stay with me. Yeah. What would never work? Hold on. Those strictures. I know. I know that. I know know. you know that. And that's what I'm saying. That's the only reason in my mind why this is problematic. Unless it's just about the fucking of a Trump supporter. Like, if that's the thing. A successful Trump supporter is out in the open and it's an opportunity to show what a fucking deviant, maniacal... You know, piece, you know, low class piece of shit these people are. I suppose that's also the 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 media's, you know, thirst and hunger for a story like that. But to me, and, and you're absolutely right, this is this is really fascinating because we're hypersexualized. This goes to the this goes back to your thing that you've said so many times. Over sexualized and underfucked. Is that the word? Is oh, that the... oversexed and underfucked? Yeah. yeah. And so that goes to this repression thing. Like, dude, driving down Chandler Boulevard in Burbank, you see the fucking work boot warehouse, or as yeah, I like yeah. to call them, the work boot whorehouse billboards. <laughs> right. It's where so... it's like, we've seen these since we were kids. I know. And now my nine-year-old daughter is driving by. We're driving by seeing it. How trippy. It's a chick splayed out in a bikini with her tits out. Her legs are completely bare and fucking work boots on. Right. This has been the marketing since as far back as I can remember. And that's just like, that's one fucking L.A.-based company. No offense, Work Boot Warehouse. I'm sure you guys do a great thing. But let's trip this out even more, Eb, with that. It's actually okay. Well, see, that's the thing, Gus. This is the weird fucking paradox that I think we're here to break down, at least to start this thing. 
Like it's actually free, right? Trouble in Paradise is so. It's it's biblical. It's it's fucking. It's ancient. It's something like when you texted that to me, it was like I didn't hear from you for a while. I know it was straight to the fucking. (laughs) I had to kind of like, I had to kind of take it in and contemplate it because it went straight to the Ajna. Yeah, it went straight into my third eye, Uh and then fucking trickled down into my heart center because I was just feeling. I was like, "Whoa, trouble in paradise." Yeah, and you know we live in this culture. That is, how how can we not be aware of how hypersexualized we are? Literally, every fucking commercial you see is laced with sex and lust and fucking the the hypersexualization of women and men. You can't watch a fucking soap ad or a shampoo commercial oh or a fucking hey, well, you name it, dude. dude. You you see naked women, wet, wet and wet and wild men and women bathing, stroking themselves, lathered up, bro, lean. You know, it's like brother. you might as well be watching a fucking porn, brother. I feel like the television shows. They've basically just now said we get to fulfill our fantasies of shooting porn. Dude, what television show do you see now that's not a documentary that doesn't have just overt just total sex scenes? Dude, I watched like the first season. I don't want to really get into all this, but I watched the first season. No, not the season. I watched like one of the first. I think it was the first episode of that show, American Gods. There's this sex scene in it. I'm just like. This is totally nuts. <laughs> this is pornography. And then and then the media the media or the culture has the audacity right to fucking lambaste and cancel and destroy the lives of people who are caught expressing their sexuality in some way that is deemed inappropriate well dude we live it's fucking disgusting we live in we live in this impossibly hypocritical yeah mind space yeah it's that's so perfectly put it's impossibly hypocritical it's unbelievable it's i mean it's like Like, listen listen you can't be a let, let me just say this straight up you can't be a feminist if you listen to rap music. I'm sorry. Wow. If we broke or if down, you li- can we get more specific? If you listen to, um, I mean, particularly rap, particular rap music. There's certain rappers wait, that I respect. I interview a lot. Cardi B. Cardi B. Yeah. You can't tell me. If we broke down rap lyrics, I have an essay coming where I want to talk about if rap is causing schizophrenia. There's certain rappers I dig. I interview some of those people, so um, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not lambasting this shit. Of course, I'm just saying if we broke down rap rap music line by line, you'd be un you'd be appalled. We know this. <laughs> you your mind Why? would be blown. Why, do we... Why don't we question it? 
What what's the what is the disconnect? I don't know what the disconnect why is. Why do we Why are But let me What is it a is it oh yeah. Let me get on. around let me ask you this question. Because this is kind of interesting from a from a sexual liberation perspective. Having the naked woman on the billboard and having the pornography on the television, it's actually really liberated. But we're missing, but we're not coming at it from a liberated consciousness. We're coming at it from a repressed consciousness. So you still have... Right? Because if you look at it like it, bodies are beautiful, so what's the problem with having sex on display? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, sure. And that's what probably most people would say. Most people would say that not having the multidimensional awareness to go, oh yeah, but wait, why do we destroy or Jerry Falwell Jr. the people like Jerry Falwell exactly. Jr. Exactly. It's very that word is really important here. The no, mul- that the, the multidimensionality of it. I just want to say whatever. I think there's there's a lot more to the Jerry Falwell story, like with some financial fraud stuff, etc that maybe that's not the best example because maybe there was more to it. But on the sexual scandal part alone, just that, just that by itself. That's what I'm I'm referring to here. Yeah. Or, you know, the countless others. I mean, but here, here's, here is hypocrisy in motion. Matt Lauer on the Today Show grilling Alan Dershowitz about his connection to Jeffrey Epstein and going to Little Jeff's Island, having sex with children on the fucking pedophile paradise that Epstein and Prince Andrew and Bill Clinton and all these people were definitely hanging out with. And I'm not a fan of Alan Dershowitz by any means. I think without a doubt he was probably, he he was there. Um, But... Right there, hypocrisy in motion. There you've got Matt Lauer, who's maybe the most lascivious dude on television that we would later find out, later gets fired for all of the things, all of the misconduct and the Me Too that he's enacted in or taken part in throughout his career as this famed television host dude dude this thing that happened with cnn recently eb what's this well oh, the, the project veritas project veritas uh-huh this is um it gives me chills this is so you know i heard a guy say the other day that yeah we knew this already Yes, but we didn't. Yes, that's true. We knew that news media promotes their own certain kind of quote unquote propaganda, but we didn't have footage of this. Dude, this is so big that the National Media Corporation has been caught like the fact that this isn't the fact that CNN has not been stripped of please listen all news media have boardroom meetings where they say okay this is our game plan 
But this has been this is front and center, particularly of an entity that paints itself in a picture of liberty and, and beauty and peace as CNN does, how they're the good guys. There's trouble in this, paradise, that's brother. A, that's in a perfect sense. This is so big. There's trouble in paradise, The fact that brother. people aren't running through the streets, and metaphorically, literally, <laughs> about this coming out, where the guy's literally saying, yes, we create propaganda to get this person in. Yes, we have a plan to create propaganda about climate change. Yes, we have a plan to create propaganda about how we're going to move forward with COVID. I mean, this is so huge. And now and now it's kind of just like trickling away and CNN's still allowed to exist. Well, I mean, they can still exist. That's fine. I started the whole pod with it, bro. You cannot buy your way out of karma. Yeah. The principle of cause and effect. No one is immune. I don't care if you're a fucking billion dollar corporation, enterprise, billionaire. You cannot maneuver your way out of karma. It's fine. Do your thing. You know, do it. Yeah, okay. Great. Spread the fear. The dude talking about watching. Can we get the COVID numbers higher? Can they go faster? We need more fear. It's so inappropriate. Like, dude. It's so inappropriate. What is the matter with you? It's so insulting. It's so insulting, that person. Well, a lot that of people. That thing is so insulting to me. Gus, it's trouble in paradise. Because and you have you... Anderson Cooper walking around. God bless all these people. It's not about that. But you have these people parading around. As if they're voices of truth, they're pundits of truth. I mean, it's so, it's such a smack in the face to the culture and to to society and to trust. I mean, are you serious? Eb? No wonder Very. nobody wants to watch this anymore. No wonder everybody's going and finding their own independent voices through podcasts. And through things like Substack, and people are just leaving and it's just very, not doing it. It's very disturbing. It's very upsetting. It's very dark. Yeah. Yeah. I know, man. But, like you said, bro, trouble in paradise. Cancel culture. CNN. You want to paint yourself as this crystalline pure entity infallible incapable of making a mistake totally clean man that's a big fucking that's a big fucking role to fill right there so then what when you fuck up cuomo where's cuomo at how many women have come out Talking about his inappropriate actions against them. Yeah. Oh, but Cuomo. Oh, God. I hope Cuomo runs for president. Oh, okay. Really? Oh, man. 
or AOC. Well, more hypocrisy. It's more hypocrisy. AOC and all white at the gates, sobbing at the children in cages. Uh, nowhere to be found. We still have kids in fucking containers. Yeah, I don't get nowhere it. Nowhere to be found. It's hypocrisy. Why? It doesn't support the agenda anymore? Well, no, you got in, you got in, you're getting paid, and you, you, you got now your, it doesn't matter. You got your cover of Vogue or Vanity Fair, whatever right. it is. Great. You got your million TikTok followers. There you go. Good. Yeah, you did it. Job solved. Job completed. Problem solved. It's deep hypocrisy. But Gus, it's trouble in paradise, bro. You cannot do that. The reality is much more complex. Yeah. No one is infallible. You're not going to go around in the digital age pretending like you don't make mistakes. Yeah. You will be caught. You will be filmed. Someone will see you doing something. Look at LeBron right now. I know. LeBron is in a totally self-created shitstorm. Yeah. Terrible. I don't know why he's doing all that. He's calling out the cops saying you're next. And then he's asking for a fucking police escort. Yeah. Brother. Where where are you? Marcellus Wiley had the most profound shit I've ever heard. What did he say? I love Marcellus. Shout out to Marcellus. I love Marcellus. I'd love to get him on the pod. Marcellus said to LeBron, because LeBron's going on and on about the broken system. Did he tweet it to him? And all the problems. Uh, I'm sure he did. And he also called him out, I think. I'm not exactly sure. I just read the story. But Marcellus said, this broken system allowed you to become a billionaire. Yeah, I know. What are you talking about, dude? Yeah. You want to actually make change and help people do something. Don't create more havoc and chaos based on weird political ideological agendas that serve no one but the elites. What's the ivory tower? Yeah, that whole thing is bizarre. There's a lot of trouble in paradise, brother. So... We've gone really deep into the culture shit. And then, you know, it's just like it keeps coming, man. It just keeps coming because, like, we're in the Kali Yuga. We're in the the total enmeshment of darkness and light. It looks like the dark is going to win. But I tell you what, last minute, it's going to come out. The light is going to shine through. Well, something... something, This this is a this podcast to me is a lot about wherever you go there you are. Mm, you know? This totally. podcast to me is a lot about that. We live and and part of this for me is I've felt like we're living in this golden age in America. Mm. In America, I'm really talking about there's other countries that have the splendor of the material splendor that America has, but let's just talk about America here. If you if you sat down if you sat some dude down across from you at this table or woman that was living a hundred years ago, living two hundred years ago, living three hundred years ago, and you said to him, Hey man, or hey brother, or hey sister, listen, in a hundred years, we can put you in this teleportation tank right now. You're gonna wake up in a hundred years and guess what? 
you're going to have a you're going to have a really big house. <laughs> you're going to be able to have this little device where that's going to make you you're going to be able to live like a king. He's going to say, "What do you mean live like a king?" Oh, so you want Indian food? You want Chinese food? You want Russian food? You want escargot? So you're going to press this button and it's going to arrive at your door. He's going to go, "What?" Yeah. And you know what? You won't ever be freezing cold anymore. He's going to say, what? Yeah, there's these things called heaters, right? You're going to be, the temperature is just going to be perfect. He's going to say, what? Oh, and you won't get uh, dysentery ever again. What? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, where are we? Here we are. We're in Elysium right now. It's just that we can't exactly see it. Yeah. Well, tell the story you told me about your buddy. Well, so then I was speaking to somebody who is essentially in what you would call paradise right now. Whatever you imagine your paradise is, like it's living in Paris or living in a beautiful forest or a beautiful jungle at a retreat with women, beautiful women or beautiful men around, money's taken care of, food's taken care of. And I'm talking to him. And he still is in the shit of the mind. Huh. And I'm like, wow, this is so... So that's why I say it brings me back to wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. It's like an internal game. And then it brought... You know, we were on that hike. We were on a hike recently, and I and I had it come to me where I was like, it's so interesting that people are out here right now. You know, you could be at home with every sort of indulgence at your fingertips, but you still need to get out into nature, even if it's a small amount, because that's like your meditation. That's like your connection to the source, right? That's your connection to the truth. I find that interesting, too. Absolutely. So it's like whatever this material paradise is, Eb. This technological paradise, it's not quite enough. Or no. we or we can't see that it's enough. The material is never enough. Which what were you what were you saying before we started the pod? You said something like, uh, why? You said fight or flight, or why do we have to bring up these things that these dramas or something? I said, why is it? That we are literally in heaven. What is he like? What are you looking for? What don't you have? If you're an average American, what don't you have? You got running water. You got a roof over your head. You got money in your pocket to buy your next meal. You're warm, you're clothed, you've got shoes on your feet, you probably have a car. What don't you have? You've got a cell phone with capabilities that are fucking mind-boggling when you break it down. You just said it yourself. At the touch of a button, you can have an, the most opulent, luxurious meal that an emperor would not have had access to. A, th a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, 
brought to your fucking front door without even seeing a person. Right. Yo, that's that's some emperor shit, dude. It's emperor shit. You don't even have to see the person. You're a, you're an ancient Chinese <laughs> emperor. <sighs> you literally speak it. You touch you don't even have to say a word. You touch a button on a fucking piece of glass and it appears at your door in minutes. Yeah. What don't you have? You're still not happy? You're still thinking, oh, if I go over there, if I get there, if I get that house, I need that house. You know what? I need that car. No, I need money. I need that thing. Fuck, I need that chick. I need that guy. I need that that fucking shirt, that belt, those shoes, that house, whatever. You like? There's so many things. Yeah. That's part of the materialism trap. Yeah. Because when you have everything, it's never enough. It's never enough. We live in this culture. It's never fucking enough. We're trying to go to outer space and populate other planets. Motherfucker, we can't even figure out how to do this one right. What do you think's going to happen up there? So why is that? Why? Why? It's the disease. It's the disease of affluence. It's the disease of materialism. It's a disease of the mind. Well, this like is... when you have no inner world, there's something Bhagavan says uh-huh. in that book. Uh-huh. It's here now, are you? Most profound fucking book I've ever read in my life. <laughs> just... Bhagavan. He says, when your inner world is activated, you don't need TV. You don't need cocktail parties. You don't need fucking gossip. You don't need shit. And it's so true. We're so, our inner worlds are so small. Yeah. And I find that the deeper I go into myself, I I don't even, I don't even want to turn a fucking TV on. I know. Don't turn it on. I don't want it. I can't deal. I don't. I know. I'm there. I relate. Take the phone away. Take it all away from me. I don't want it. Totally right. Other than that soul work, other than the soul work, you know, the spirit work, this work, the beauty, the beauty, the beauty of sharing. Other than that, you know, sharing inside and sharing outside. Other than that, what what is that? I mean, it's that's, give me just let me do my work. Yeah. Let me have my meditation. Give me the sun. Give me fresh air. Oh, man, I was going to say on your post today. Well, this has to do with this great saying being in the world but not of the world Mm. so you can have a bmw you can have the bmw but don't attach to the bmw don't make the bmw your reason for being that's when the problem happens yes Um, well here's the other issue that alan watts brings up (laughs) Mm -hmm. the the innate problems that occur when you buy the bmw or you buy the house now you have to spend your time making money to support that thing to feed it to keep to pay for it to keep it 
to to keep it up to do all that stuff so i suppose and 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 again you know i think we've talked about this and i'm a big believer i think i don't believe being spiritual means that you can't be wealthy financially yeah because i think you can do both and you can create massive amounts of wealth with a spiritual spiritually founded life a spiritually rooted life but then it becomes having the consciousness to handle that wealth and that material yeah like for me when i became a pro athlete and i had all this shit i had all the money and i had all the access and all the things i could possibly want my consciousness was not at a level to handle it yeah yeah right to manage it yeah you know nobody's was around you yeah it's true but it's that true. but that i mean and whether we're going to even talk about that that was a beautiful karmic exploration oh, because it was like that was totally it was a massive uh, life exp- god experience a necessary wonderful oh, thing to have so such an incredible god experience that i'm so grateful for that has given me a wealth of wisdom to carry through life that I will apply when I get my next million, you know? Um, But, you know, man, it comes back to that thing you said, wherever you go, there you are. And we've talked about that, you know, with this mass exodus out of California, all these people leaving the state of California, moving to Austin, Texas, or... Uh, Arizona, whatever it might be. And I was talking to one, a buddy of mine who moved from California to Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. And obviously Texas removed all their mass mandates. They're totally open, 100% free-flowing. COVID cases are at an all-time low. They're thriving. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. So I was talking to him and he he texted me the other day and he said, dude, I had a mega God moment today. I walked into Target, no mask on. And I was like, in Austin? And he said, yeah. And I said, oh, I thought they removed all the mask mandates. And he said, well, when the, the Texas governor did that, Austin sued the state of Texas uh-huh. to keep the mask mandates uh-huh. and literally doubled down yeah. in, the, in the city of Austin. So I was thinking to myself, wherever you go, there you are. And here are all these people from California who are pissed off at all of the, the tyrannical mandates that are going down, moved to a city... That's doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Even though they're in a state that's gotten rid of all the mandates. Yeah. And I thought how ironic that was. Oh, yeah. In the wherever you go, there you are. Totally. Totally. Man, there's trouble in paradise. But this is that thing, though, Gus. This is this. This just came into my Mm -hmm. my feeling space here. The thing is, the paradise is like that. Have you seen the movie Life of Pi? No, but I they, I sort of know about it 
Yeah. It was this great book. And right. the, the movie's pretty dope, too. Um, it's where the tiger jumps on the ship. Yeah. And, and the, the boy, boy lives, he, he spends this yeah. crazy amount of time with this tiger on this lifeboat. Yan Martell wrote yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and it's been throughout this, this is, this is what I'm saying. It's such an ancient story because it's, it is the thing that the paradise is not really paradise. Uh-huh. It looks like paradise, but it's filled with poison. Uh huh. It's filled with death traps. Well, the garden of Eden too. If we think about that. <sighs> yeah. There's this scene in Life of Pi where he finds himself in this seeming paradise. And there are the, all these lemurs. Uh-huh. And it's he's finally found himself on land. Uh-huh. And there's all this food and there's there's all of this stuff and he he eats his fill. And he passes out. I think this is how it goes. I could be getting it wrong, but something is is to the extent of of like he 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 finds this place. It occurs to him to be paradise. He's so overjoyed because he spent the last month on a lifeboat with a man eating tiger, and he's on this place. He gets his fill. He passes out. He wakes up, and. This this land is has all these lemurs on it. These like little monkeys. And he wakes up and the lemurs are terrified and they scatter and they run off. And he turns and he looks down into this pool that he thought was a pool of water and there's a skeleton of a lemur in it. And he realizes that this land that he found himself on was actually this parasitic entity that devoured all the life forms that mingled on it in these pools. Like if you fell into the pool, that was the basically the stomach acid that digested the, the life forms that mm-hmm. got entrapped in it. Mm. And so he realizes he's got to get out of this, this quote unquote paradise as fast as he can, because uh-huh. he's going to be food for it. Mm. And that's really what the material world is. Mm-hmm. It's a superficial paradise, which underneath is full of pitfalls and death traps. Mm. You know, it's that story, that story of Hanuman is so profound to me. Mm-hmm. Hanuman, the monkey king, the monkey yeah, monkey god, god yeah. The monkey god who's opening up his chest to reveal Ram and Sita. Yeah. Ram is God. Sita is his beloved. Right. Is she a goddess? Yeah. Yeah. So the story goes that Sita gets kidnapped by Ravana. Ravana, yeah. Ravana. That's how I've heard it pronounced, yeah. Sita gets kidnapped by Ravana. Uh Uh-huh. Or Ravana. Yeah. And Ram goes to Hanuman. He says, Hanuman, I need your help to rescue Sita from yeah. the treacherous, demonic Ravana. 
Hanuman, who's in love with Ram. He loves Ram. He's devoted to Ram. He says, no question. Yeah. I got it. Leaps over oceans right. to go get her. Right? And Rava, Rava, Ravana is doing everything he can to make Sita fall in love with him. Yeah. Offering her gifts, giving her all kinds of jewels and pleasurable things. And she just is resisting, resisting all, at all costs because he's just this horrible demon. And also terrifying her, telling her, I'm going to fucking kill you if you don't marry me. Right. Right. So finally, Hanuman gathers the armies, goes and rescues Sita from Ravana, brings her back to Ram. Now the story, another part of the story is Hanuman is the son of the wind, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Son of the wind. So the interpretation is, Ram and Sita. Sita is the representation of the self, the Atman, the source, the self that is connected to the source, connected to God, mm-hmm. Ram. Mm-hmm. Hanuman, the son of the wind, the breath, is what connects the self to God. Mm. And without Hanuman, Sita, the self, is subject to Ravana, the ego, Mm -hmm. the demon of the mind, Mm -hmm. which is all of the, all of the material shift, all the material shit, the traps, the pleasure, the pain, the fear, the torment, the terror, all of it. And so how do you extricate yourself from the egoic material traps? Through the breath, which brings you to God, the self to God. Yeah. Cultivating that inner world. Mm-hmm. And what is that? That's really just your deep soul connection to the source, to a higher power, mm-hmm. to something that's greater than yourself. Man, if you're going through this life and your belief is. I came, I was born here to these people. My family is X, Y, and Z. I go to school. I go get a job. I try to make money. I get married. I have kids. I'm dead. I'm dead. Hey, brother. It's over. I think, I think the very, the very sobering aspect of that is that you're speaking about the vast percentage of humanity, which is here though in America. Yeah. Well, I think across, I think across the globe in many ways. Well, what about what Bhagavan says about the people in India or what mom reported back? I'm not saying it's everybody. I would say that in a place like India, I would say the majority of people are living in that paradigm. Maybe more in America. Sure. I think it's I think more people are are becoming spiritual. I think it's coming around though. Here's the conundrum where the light is is Here's is being con- turned on for people. I fucking I love America. Yeah, I love America too. In ancient esoteric tradition, Gus, mm-hmm. 
America, the idea, the seed of America was born thousands of years ago. It was the beacon of spiritual freedom. Democracy. The beacon of spiritual freedom is America. And I believe it will continue to be that no matter who wants to fucking try to destroy it. And they're trying to rewrite history and do all sorts of shit right now, which is fucking weird. And you should be questioning it. Yeah. You should be questioning it. Well, oh, absolutely. I love your feeling about America having a spirituality across the globe, like a deeper spirituality or the, the actual land, the physical, the physical vortex having a spirituality. Um, it's the blessed land, which I believe it does. It's yeah. the blessed land, dude. Yeah. Look at this. Look I think at this country is I know, unbelievable. I know. I think all lands are blessed in their own way and they all have their own sort of spiritual characteristics. Absolutely. But America, America clearly has a karma to it where like, Sadhguru said to us, if America wears blue jeans, everybody wears blue jeans. Absolutely. You know? Well, so, that's why it's it's on the people it, now. It's why the mystics come here from the West to spread their spread their gospel, if you will. What'd you say? It's on the what? It's on the what now? Well, <laughs> I suppose it's all happening perfectly. It is. How you know, could it be any other we put way? On the, we put on the podcaster hats and we muse and riff on the cultural happenings, etc. But it's all happening perfectly. I, I see it all over the place. People are being thrust into their spirituality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't. You can't. You're deny not going to survive. You can't. Deny you're it. just. You're just not going to survive. It's undeniable. If you're going to cling to the materialism, if you're going to cling to your false gods, oh, you'll spin out so fast. Of the Gucci and the BMW, you'll be dead. You, you'll be dead or go insane. It's just not going to work. You'll spin out so fucking fast. But I mean, Eb, it is perfect because God's it either there perfect. or God's not. Like we say, you can't take God a la carte. I I'm know. sorry. I know. And I have to say that more. I have to continuously say that and let that sink in. That's the, I saw this quote the other day. It said practice. I don't know. It said something like practice the person you want to be, which is basically just your sadhana. Your sadhana is your spiritual practice to obtain your full, your fullest essence. Mm. We're constantly practicing and and using and shifting our language to higher vibrations. So, but that's one of them for me. God is either everything or God is nothing. I can't say God is this and not that. So true. Um, I wanted to, you know, you brought up the ego, the ego, and one of my notes was about Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, and you know. Prior to those guys, Sigmund Freud really established there were other people, certainly, but he's like the the, the Rushmore here. There's certain yes, there's a lot of other psychologists that that created modalities and came up with certain words and but Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung are very interesting 
Jung worked with Freud. Freud was Jung was Freud's predecessor. Um, so Jung came a little bit after and sort of built off of what Freud said. But Freud created words like ego, right? And then Jung took it deeper and said, you know, this is all very para- paraphrasing. Yeah. But Jung said, you know, we got to go deeper here, Sigmund. Like, it's deeper than sex. It's deeper than just the kind of material mind. We got to look at spirit. We got to look at God. We got to look at dreams, etc. I'm not really trying to have a conversation about what they taught, but I, I want to talk about this thing of, in nature, and this is something you you love talking about and that Ramdas loves talking about, in a forest, there's no differentiation. There's no identification of, oh, that tree's fat, that tree's skinny, that tree has anxiety, that tree's uh, bipolar, that tree's blah, blah, blah. You know, we've come up with all of these different identifications through our study of psychology. Like, uh, there's some research I, I want to do, and maybe we'll check back on this, but, like, who was the first psychologist like that cult like we could go back to aristotle plato etc but like in the in like the post industrial age you know because these are all very fresh phrases Mm. anxiety bipolar disorder schizophrenia some of these things are barely a hundred years old eb and you know in nature that doesn't exist yeah I was talking to Jack the other day, and this is just briefly. It was my friend. He was talking about time. He was like reading this book about time. And he was like, so in the book, the guy's talking about how like sort of arbitrary time is. And Jack's going on. He's like, so yeah, well, a day is kind of arbitrary, right? Because whatever a day is. But then he's like, yeah, but a year isn't arbitrary, right? Because a year is like, and then he was like, (laughs) <laughs> oh no, well that's kind of arbitrary too, right? Everything is arbitrary. Oh yeah. Nature is arbitrary or perfect or natural until we, the consciousness, the ego, steps in and labels it something. So interesting. So now what we were talking about before the podcast, this trouble in paradise aspect, we don't have the fight or flight shit anymore. So we have to manufacture the fight or flight. I mean, it's very rare you get into a situation where the fight or flight is actually naturally there, right? So then we go to somebody like Soren Kierkegaard, who was a Scandinavian philosopher. philosopher. He has this quote. I believe it's him. I'm I'm almost positive. I, I'm just going to turn the lights we can, on real quick. We can check on it. Yeah. Zona reads exactly yeah. what you're saying. I wrote about this morning. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about Soren Kierkegaard, who he wrote this book, Fear and Trembling, which I'm I want to get into at some point. But one of his main sayings was, I don't know if this is exactly the the saying. I could look it up, but but whatever. Not whatever, but this is what it is. Boredom breeds anxiety. Uh. You know, boredom, a.k.a. what you had said earlier, material, material, I said splendor, but material perfection. 
like material, like everything you could possibly want. So we don't even really know what to do with ourselves anymore. So paradise isn't really enough. It's like the, it, it would be like right. being dropped on an island and it's like 90 degrees all day, coconuts everywhere, mangoes, angels, copulation. Nectar of the gods. And God. then you don't know what to do with yourself after a while. Uh-huh. So we have to manufacture Ugh. the dramas. That's profound. I heard this really beautiful talk by that guy, Adya Shanti, who's a Zen teacher. Ugh. And it was it's the only talk I've ever heard from him. But the whole talk was was surrounded around this idea of drama, the created drama. And if you look at that, I mean, it's unbelievable. You come home, your girlfriend's pissed. It's just a drama. It's not even real. Yeah. I was thinking in the shower before you came over here. Once you realize nothing matters, how fun is life? Well, I mean, that's such a that's such a tripped out thing to say, because you could say, what do you mean? Nothing matters, of course. But it's but it's the paradox. Everything matters. Right. But nothing matters. Right. This money doesn't belong to me. Nothing really. OK. Yeah. I know I went in a lot of different different angles there. But the things I wanted to touch on with you. No, that was I, so profound, dude. That was, prof that was a profound riff. Yeah, the, thing I, the things I wanted to touch with you, identification doesn't exist in nature. Yeah. Trees don't have names for each other. Yeah, I was going to, I want to read this thing I, I, I want to hear. Morning. Yeah, I want to hear you. The, the <laughs> redwood doesn't look at the rosemary bush and say, I'm a redwood, you're a rosemary, right? right. They don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? In fact, they just share resources. Yeah. Animals that Unconditionally. kill. I know. Animals that kill each other. This is also really interesting in the Osho book because he talks about how animals have sex. Uh. Animals don't have any lust. Uh. Osho talks about when you look in a man or a woman's eyes, particularly a man's eyes, you can see the lust. Mm. If you look in an animal animal's eyes, lust doesn't exist. Mm. They have sex naturally. Sex for us is a constant. Mm. You might have the orgasm, then you get what? Five minutes of respite, then you're back on where's the next sex? Yeah. Animals aren't living in that paradigm. So we've been given this really bizarre, far out thing of consciousness or ego. But is that natural to the human mind or is that programmed in? I don't know. Is that, is, that, is that a result of mushrooms? We go to Terrence's thing. Is that because the apes ate too much mushrooms? After all, Eb, I find this shit really cute. That's the word that comes to me because we're just apes. We're just ape Dude, we evolved from apes. We're just apes that now have this thing wherever it came from, whether you believe Terrence's mushroom deal which feels really stone ape theory stone ape theory which feels really valid to me or whatever i don't know but i don't I, no i don't th see for me the deeper you go into yourself and the more activated your inner world becomes all of these things just seem to fall away exactly the addictions the lust the yes. fucking thoughts about 
who you're supposed to be or right. what you're supposed to do. Right. It just falls away. Okay. Without your problems go away unsolved. Yes. But now what we, I just want to reverse engineer for I don't know why I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that shit. It's so it's like, so not something I say, but I don't even know what that means when people uh, say it. I, it's like a business. Well, it's an I, I know. Did you watch my thing I, I said on Instagram? Uh-uh. I didn't see that one. Oh, no, no. In my sex and con- super consciousness oh, yeah, thing, yeah, I said, yeah. I don't know. I don't, because it's a techie kind of word. Yeah, it's a bit, it's but, like an entrepreneurial But, thing. like, in terms of, like, the primal sense, it's an interesting way to play it because it's like, how do we reverse engineer all this? I mean, dude, Sadhguru's book is inner engineering. Right. You know, so what we were talking about pre-pod, so then what's the solution? The yogi, like you say, uh. does their sadhana, does their practice to make it all fall away. Because he comes, Osho comes around in sex and, from sex to super consciousness to where it's this true celibacy. Where you're not completely controlled by these things. You're not at the mercy of the distraction or the drama. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's the remedy to meditate? Do yoga. Go go within. It's true. It's a long it's a long process, but if you have discipline and you're committed to it, You, you can literally tra- transform yourself. I had this interesting thing, Eb. I was like, there's a difference between people that know it and people that live it. Yep. And, but that's okay. Because it takes time to be able to live it. You have to know it for a while before you can really live it. Like I was looking at Osha, I was like, oh, he's really living this. He doesn't just know it. Yeah. Because for me, I had this thing. I finished reading the book. He's talking about this true celibacy. And I'm just like, man, I'm just like, I'm just like jonesing to watch porn. <laughs> you know? Or I'm like jonesing for like oh, yeah. a physical touch. Like your dick is hungry. I'm like, dude, I'm not even, you know, so that was really humbling. Or it's not. Humbling for me. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's not. Yeah. But then. No. It, but then accepting my humanity in the moment and then feeling it out. But but isn't that isn't that what's beautiful about meditation? We get the we get to be the witness, because if you're not the witness, then you're living in that paradigm of, oh, this is my life. This I got to have it. Right. I got to get it. I got to eat it. Yeah. Here's what I wrote this morning. The psychedelic God trip. I wanted to write about the illusion of reality. Reality is an illusion. What does that mean? It feels like a form of Zen koan. The mind wants to reject the idea. Reality is not an illusion, it barks. How do you know? I asked the mind. Because I can feel things and I see things and I know things, it says. Because this is me. Here in this body, I am here. And what about all of them? All of them out there and all of that. 
And all of that over there, that that's not an illusion. It continued. Perhaps, I respond. However, when you touch them or see them, is it you touching them or them touching you? I continue. If you aren't here to see them, do they exist? You, mind, are only receiving information from the eyes and the body to build this external model of what it is you are looking at. Have you ever been outside of yourself, I ask? Well, no, mind says. What would the world look like if you stepped outside the body? Would it still be here or there? Every single thing that is seen or felt, what is it that is being seen and felt? It's not a quote-unquote tree. The term tree is a completely arbitrary term, label, given to an organic life form growing out of the bigger organic life form we call planet Earth. And the organic life form called planet Earth is yet another particle of the ineffably vast body of form formlessness we call the universe. This body, this mind body, I am inhabiting here as I write these words, was birthed out of my mother's womb, another organic life form, 33 years ago. What would happen if we erased all the terms for the stuff? If one day you woke up and there were no words for anything... At one point long ago, this was in fact someone's reality. The eyes opened to see nothing but life or God all around. There was no distinction between land and sea, only variations in form, solid, more solid, liquid, gas, hard, soft, etc. What would that have even been like? In an effort... In an effort to make things more accessible, we started naming things. Tree, animal, food, drink, day, night. On and on until we made our way here. Our life, our world, is so convoluted with terms and labels, which are actually symbols, that we have completely forgotten that it is all one mega thing. And how has that altered our perception of reality? What has that done to our quote-unquote reality? These are questions that may never get answered. Come on, dude. You wrote that this morning? I swear to that's God. That's exactly everything I, I just said. I know, I wrote it that this is, morning. That's just, wait. Come, that's I just wrote like it this fucking, morning, bro. What, even, what word can I even say to fucking... I'm telling fucking you. put that into fucking <laughs> fucking cosmic perspective. That's fucking so far. That's everything. You literally used word. You, you said exactly the fucking monologue I just fucking gave. I, go, I, I feel like I have to say the F word right now because that's just fuck? like, how, how do I even how do I even exclaim how trippy that is? You just said. Everything I just said, but you wrote it this morning. It actually started last night. I had in my head tomorrow morning journal about the real the oh illusion of reality. That's so bizarre. <laughs> I wrote about it this morning. That is just 
Well, that keeps I mean, coming. It's to not me, bizarre. Bro. It's totally. But that's just like. Well, in this whole this whole paradigm, this whole thing that we find ourselves in, what you need to realize is that every single thing you have a name, label, term for, was given that name, label, or term by someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a completely arbitrary term. Yeah. That term means nothing in the natural world. Right. (laughs) This whole, this whole thing. I was just reading. Well, first of all, it's perfect. And (laughs) it's just bizarre. There's a couple things I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about how somebody said the other day that our book, A Life Worth Dying For, was curious because we're talking to each other and we're kind of on the same spiritual wavelength. I don't know what to say about that because I don't know if people are listening to this as if you and I are in a kind of echo chamber or or are they listening to this in the truth chamber with us or in the truth field with us. Yeah. I was also thinking about this serpent power book. There's this whole chapter on mantra. Mantra means power. Mm. It doesn't really have to do with the words at all. And he talks about this Mm. really multidimensional, just exquisitely strange idea of the sound before the sound. Like we've just named this table, the table, but that doesn't mean anything. It's all arbitrary. Everything is arbitrary. The whole thing. And it's like, he talks about ohm. Like, ohm is like the primordial sound that the whole cosmos, that the whole thing was birthed out of. Yeah. It was born out of the sound ohm. Yeah. And it's like, before ohm happens, the birth, the rumbling of ohm occurs in silence until then it creates another, then it's created out of another birth of your tongue interacting with your throat interacting with the physicality of sound I just took it in another direction but there's something really interesting because I'm I'm personally I'm having this thing where I don't want to identify I don't like how we've created in our culture all of these identifications like oh He has anxiety. Hmm. Oh, he has depression. Hmm. Oh, he's an addict. It's like, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. (laughs) Okay, maybe I have these different colors of feelings, but I don't want to get into this identification game. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Because then we just... I mean, it's, it's well, beautiful. A, it's, it's, a... it's like living in the nature paradigm of no label or you're living in this psychological paradigm of human-made labels that just never end and they're completely arbitrary and 
jails, their 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 troubles, their prisons in paradise in a way. Oh yeah. Well that's so ironic and paradoxical that idea of saying someone you're calling it's the pot calling kettle black oh they're an addict oh really and what are you everyone in this fucking country is addicted to one thing or another so you're not addicted to drugs but you're addicted to something else that's how that's how the American way, unfortunately, has manifested itself in the current material, psychological material paradigm. We're all addicted to something. Money, success, fame, appreciation, adoration, sex, Drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, porn, fantasy, buying shit, having things, getting things. Like, they're, they're so, they're fucking infinite addictions. Gossip, judgment. Fuck, the, the most honorable thing you could be addicted to is drugs at this stage. Because at least you're looking for something. At least you're seeking something beyond spiritual experience, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. Trouble in paradise, brother. Yeah. Profound topic. What you said is profound. You said that. So you find yourself on the, on the paradise Island, coconuts falling from trees, drinking the nectar of God mangoes beautiful surrounded by beautiful people sex at your fingertips all the the universal pleasures you could possibly imagine and maybe even you're spiritually rooted in something deeper in god and source one day you would get old wouldn't it? Would it? I don't know. Dude, I'll say know. this. No, I'll say this to that. I feel if you're wait, wait, let me yeah, let me yeah. answer that. Go ahead. Be here with me on this. I'm with you. Listen to this. I'm with you. I feel endlessly fulfilled and gratified doing my spiritual practice. Yep. Eb. I feel you. Because I was gonna say would God get old? No. And when I say God, I'm. Re- it's not. It's From not that this perspective, fucking, it's not this fucking. Yeah. Bizarre fucking thing we've created. God in a spiritual journey. Yeah. I feel endless. En- I can feel it. Yeah. Since I've gotten on the journey, it's endlessly joyful. It's like the taste of the mango is the first taste ever. Yeah. Each time. Yeah. Because it's so complex each time. From that perspective, see, that was the caveat you hadn't added, that when I added it, the heart vibration was it would never get old. If you were rooted, if you were spiritually rooted in God, Mm -hmm. that never gets old. Yeah. I find myself going, 
Like today, I posted that post and I wrote "God bless." I must have written "God bless, praise God" like six times. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, "Fuck, Eb, you sound like yeah. like a fucking preacher or something." It's beautiful, but it's beautiful. It's just true, man. And I'm not, you know, you know me, dude. I'm not fucking. This is totally non secular. Uh, a total extraction of any religiosity that you could possibly imagine. This is literally my connection with God, spirit, higher power, the universe. I feel it. I spend the day talking to God, literally. (laughs) I don't know who else to talk to. <laughs> it doesn't get old. Well, God's one of the most beautiful people to talk to. Your beautiful entities to talk to. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say, man. I don't know. I think you know. I was feeling really dark and hopeless earlier today. Really dark really hopeless sick to my stomach with the culture Mm -hmm. literally talking myself down going yeah it's gonna be okay you'll be okay stay in it and the only thing that came through that brought me out of it was to share some of my life experience via the portal of social media and it totally transported me back into the light but it's a fucking hard it's a dark time man it's a difficult time for humanity you said you said something really key that we started this with sharing Yes. Community yes. is it, people. So powerful. Do not think we can do this alone. You can't. We can't survive and in isolation. And that's so beautiful for you to say that the sharing of it yeah. brought you back into the light. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. That's true. The mind that houses the problem can't conceive of the solution. Ugh. So we get out into the into the people, into the beauty of community. So to bring it down to this level. It's a difficult time, you know. The irony is we are in material paradise. We have all the comforts, the pleasures, the gifts. That we could have ever possibly wanted, desired, needed. At our fingertips. And yet we're in the darkest time and maybe the history of human evolution? (laughs) How interesting. (laughs) It's It's a joke. It's the cosmic joke. God's laughing his ass off. Or her ass off right now. So it's such a beautiful divine comedy. Right? And... Uh, you know, here we are 
And the institutions that lord over us are, are mandating things like lockdowns. Guys, and masks and all this shit. And it's like, dude, it's not sustainable. Like I just said, the ice, we cannot survive in isolation. Can't survive in isolation. We cannot survive without sunlight, each other, fresh air, movement. Something you did, uh, something I was thinking on your posts. I was thinking, you know, don't give me the pill, give me the sunlight. Yeah. I love you that. You know, just how, I mean, the sun is just. Man, if you're not in the sun, the sun is the energy pack. The it's sun just, is the total ener the sun is the total juice. Oh, that dude I saw today, he said something about the sun. The oh, core of the sun does not move. Oh, interesting. And it just radiates nutrition. Oh, it's totally it's all nutrition. It just radiates nutrition. It's so pure. I saw this thing. Uh, I think I know we're like getting out. out yeah. Outskirts. We, we've talked about it. I've really um, I've, I've enjoyed. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this. I think this was a good one. Um, ah, who cares? What? Sunscreen. Oh, Christ. Let's not even. Yeah, <laughs> that can be another pot. Uh, I mean, yeah. enjoy the sun. That's what I would say. Oh, definitely. The sun is the mother. Well, the, the sun thing is about the sunscreen is that it blocks the the good UV oh, rays. I mean, we don't, is and that, it lets Christ. in the bad UV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so. all. Just I never really, I never wear sunscreen. I've never. Do I, you? I put it once once in a while on my nose. That's it. It's interesting, man. Yeah. All right. Well. Beautiful, man. Yeah, beautiful. Bring it back to the solution to wrap up. Cultivate the inner world. Activate your inner world. When you activate your inner world, you don't need fucking anything, dude. Other than your community. Other than your community. You'll always need people. Yeah. You'll always... But I'm not... I'm talking about TV, by the material shit. The, the superfluous material things that we fill our lives with. When you activate your your inner world, all of that falls away. The importance of it, your need for it, your desire for it. The desire itself just goes away. You're like, whoa. What? Remember when I used to, I was dying to get that thing? Yeah. I don't have that anymore. Bring it back to the fundamentals, man. I know it's not. I don't know. I don't know. That's I a good place to start. Away. I don't know. It's a I good place know. to start. Meditate, breathe deep, eat nutritious foods that come from the earth. I'm not talking, you know, plants, yeah. animals, you know. Cultivate your high vibe tribe. Yes. Cultivate a high vibration life and that'll attract the high vibe people. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, um, if anybody wants to check out my new newsletter, 
if you don't mind me yes, saying. Yes, yes. It's re- it realitynow.substack.com. I'll have that in the show notes. Oh, sweet. Or click re- through. Yeah, bro. Reality Now. I'm really, it's, it's possibly the most life-affirming, artistic uh, thing I'm doing right now. Super fun. Guys, I highly recommend it. It's a fucking yeah. profound God shot. Every, every Wednesday, week. every Wednesdays. Wednesday, I throw some juice out there. Oh, so tomorrow, yeah, with this pod. Oh, nice, nice, perfect. Okay. Uh, yeah, check that out for sure. Reality now, epic name, by the way, on Substack. Yeah. There will be a link in the show notes. Um, you guys, if you're down, if you want the extra episode of this podcast every week. Check me out on patreon.com forward slash EDS Britain. There's also a bunch of other good content on there. It's a great way to connect with me on a deeper level, get in touch, read and hear the thoughts flowing through this consciousness vehicle called Evan. So I'd love to see you over there. What else? I think that's about it. Lots of love, y'all. Stay in your power, man. No one is going to tell you when it's safe or okay to speak your truth and be you. Mm. If you're waiting around for it, it's never going to happen. So today, right now, this is the time. The universe is dying for you to come out and express your divine gift into the world. It's what we're here to do. It's all—it's the only duty we have is to ourselves and the universe. So live it, yeah. be it, do it. Lots of love to y'all. Namaste. See y'all on the flip side. Peace. <laughs>